0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our liberties to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house live, by the way, today, Friday, August 20th. I really appreciate your patience awaiting me to come back from this vacation. Why did I have to go away at the end of the summer? I should have picked the earlier part of the summer uh, before we had all this fascism when we need so much guidance on not just the vaccine, not just early treatment, but what we should do as citizens. We have forgotten the purpose of a government. And yes, I'm going to rope in today Afghanistan as well. It's been a running joke that whenever I go away, the world falls apart. Well, this time it was only Afghanistan, which was never not falling apart, so there's not much to fix. So we're going to talk about Afghanistan today, not in the same prism as others are talking about it, but juxtaposing it to the COVID fascism, juxtaposing it to what is going on in our country today. So there's a lot of lessons in my mind to learn from Afghanistan that actually speak to what our government is doing With COVID fascism that affects our lives eminently more than what is going on in Afghanistan. But unfortunately, we do have to talk about it because they're now using that panic to go and, you guessed it, push massive refugee resettlement. And some of the same governors, Republican governors, screwing us on COVID. And some that are relatively good on that issue. Of course, we can't have good things. We can't have people that are good on multiple issues. They're pushing for refugee resettlement. So COVID and Afghanistan have a lot more in common than you think, including the backwards GOP response to both of them. We're going to get into that and more today. It is always difficult to come back when nowadays one day's worth of news is the equivalent of a week's worth just a few years ago. So I always pride myself on being ahead of the curve giving you guys the cutting-edge information. So it is going to take a little bit of time, probably till Monday, for me to get back to speed. But we still have a lot of very important information to get to. We'll start with Afghanistan. We'll merge it back to COVID. Um, and, and, And as always, give out the important policy outcomes that we need to push because we are not just about information and entertainment. We're also about action. Now, speaking of Republicans who have a lack of of vision on Afghanistan, on COVID, on anything, in fact, their vision is the Democrat vision, perhaps they don't wear the proper eyeglasses. Well, I've got help for you guys. Better Spectacles is now offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time in the U.S. Ronald Reagan himself wore Rodenstock glasses. Their expert opticians specialize in difficult prescriptions, astigmatisms, those who experience problems with progressives. Their technology has caught up with you. Believe it or not, GoSpecs lenses from Rodenstock uses an advanced algorithm for more than a million patients measuring 7,000 points in the eye. They give you more energy, no neck strain, and the ability to see up to 40% better. Unlike the vaccines, there actually is real science behind this. Go to betterspectacles.com/conservative. You don't even have to go in and wear a mask. You could schedule a teleoptical appointment. They'll hand you the prescription. Then you and the audience get a 61% introductory rate off their go Specs lenses plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Again, betterspectacles.com/conservative. Go now. So, folks, I was thinking, you know, as I was out in a nice rural area where I wished I could stay forever, I was thinking about all the lessons of Afghanistan that are lost on people. And I first want to start off with some of the minor points, drawing analogies to COVID, and then go back to the major point with refugee resettlement and how immigration was the entire impetus of the problem with 9-11, not refereeing civil wars in Afghanistan. As those of you who listened to this show pre-COVID when I used to talk a lot about immigration, I used to talk a lot about Afghanistan. You heard this from me. And it's, and it's funny listening to some of these other conservative talk show hosts who never talk about an issue until the media brings it up with like images and scary images, and then they jump all on board a certain narrative, and they miss the point when it actually mattered, just like you see with COVID. So, you know, I was thinking with COVID, obviously, when I went away, I was extremely distressed, we had a bunch of really terrific doctors on the show. If you're not caught up on our shows, um, you listen to the shows from last week, we, had, we, we did an entire week or two on early treatment. Um, it was truly made my day right, right when I was getting in the car to travel to Pennsylvania with my family. So I got a message from a state senator in Arkansas that I was advising on treatment, his mother-in-law is 70 years old, obese, type two diabetes, and hypertension. She came down with COVID, and I was like, "You got, you got to bomb away at this." And they gave famotidine, got an ivermectin prescription, uh, and you know, I think did a couple other things: the nasal rinse, aspirin, uh, melatonin, maybe a few others. Obviously, zinc and vitamin D. And I don't think she ever broke a hundred fever. And his reaction was, she did better with it than me and my wife. You know, they're probably in their 30s, I think. And, you know, because they weren't treated at all, and they got over it. But here she was, and look at the difference. And I was thinking to myself, when have we ever in our lifetime embarked on a policy where the government not only didn't do what was right, didn't you know, pursue the one angle that would solve the existential crisis, but pursued all sorts of voodoo angles that had so much collateral damage, cost so much in terms of time, talent, treasure, human toll, and then came full circle to actually get in the way of the one thing that would have prevented the problem. I was like, when have we ever seen a policy so backwards as what we've embarked on with COVID? And it hit me as I was walking through the forest on my vacation. It's our response to 9-11, the other big existential crisis we faced in our lifetime. We took what was at its core, nothing more than an immigration and a visa problem. These ragtag terrorist groups do not have an army, a navy, an air force, or ICBMs that could rival this country, that could... Attack us on our shores. The only way they attack us here is if we bring them here. So instead, we decided to go overseas at a great cost, referee endless civil wars, and then bring in people from both sides of the civil war, unvetted, that are impossible to vet, and, and bring in more Islamic immigration than we've ever brought in before, times three since 9-11. That's exactly what we did. That's where we all went wrong. And that's what they want to continue to double down on and even exacerbate at this moment. Think about it, folks. Immigration is your ivermectin, okay? That's your early treatment. That directly addresses the problem. It's the only thing you can do. It was very frustrating We had 3,000 Americans die. We wanted blood. I did, too, at the time. But I wasn't smart enough to understand the nuance of of the Middle East in a very simple way that that I've developed over the last decade. Those of you who have listened to my shows, you know, in 2014, 2015, I've been advocating a pullout from Afghanistan for a decade. Now, obviously, two things could be true at the same time. That Biden did it in the stupidest way, didn't even wait until you got out your assets and people and whatever, and leaves weapons in their hands. And that's a valid criticism, but a lot of the conservatives that are jumping on that, they themselves have never given a vision for how to properly pull out of Afghanistan. And they've been harping for 20 years on staying the course with, with, with no understanding of what we're doing there, why we're there why we can't win this fight of what we're trying to accomplish. You know, I did a show with Jaron Jackson. He was running for uh, Congress in Oklahoma. Of course, I was the only one supporting him. The rhino wound up winning at the time. But he was a captain in the army uh, leading a, uh, a company of men in Afghanistan, did numerous tours there. And he talked about the problems and we we did this show like years ago and and importantly when trump was in power and trump was trying to get out but the generals were rebelling and conservative talk radio was like no 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 don't pull out of afghanistan and back then we actually did a whole show on how to properly do it leave bagram air base you have uh, you know leave that there anyway you need a launching pad there anyway for at least what we were doing until we move out completely and shift our focus to China, which is where it should be. Draw a line around an area that you want to protect and then strike and maneuver as needed. Strike and maneuver works. But what doesn't work and what we've all learned and should have learned, but conservative talk radio and Republican elected officials have not learned the last 20 years is that you can't hold an Islamic dumpster fire. What we should have done if we wanted to see blood, really, blood wasn't really the answer, unfortunately. It was frustrating how a ragtag group of people with box cutters did so much damage, but it was an immigration thing. We should have shut off all immigration and visas from the Middle East. That's what should have happened. And we temporarily did that for like six months. But then we doubled down and we brought in just from 2011 to 2018, I have a column out today with the numbers, by country, 2.2 million we brought in through 2018. I don't have the numbers, or I didn't tabulate them uh, more recently. Over 100,000 people from Afghanistan we've brought into this country already. But, but, but the lesson is, the lesson that none of us have learned, is that you have to win the hearts and minds of the people, either through the carrot or the stick. But what was always clear in the Middle East, but particularly Afghanistan, is you are never going to accomplish that. The Taliban were merely, it wasn't like, you know, a particular group of people. Not even like Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State and Hezbollah. It was a collection of the husbands, fathers, brothers, sons of the people in Afghanistan. You are never going to stop that. They didn't want us. Oh, now now they all want to come to America. Tough luck on you. When we had Jaron on the show, and, and a lot of people could speak to this, these same people, oh, the, the people who helped us. What do you mean they helped us? We helped them. Look, we have to feel guilty like we owe them something? We, we brought in trillions of dollars and had 2,500 people killed, but, but really tens of thousands disabled from Afghanistan, the PTSD alone, much less the physical injuries. What, we owe them For helping us help them help their own stupid country? A lot of them led them into ambushes. And these are some of the same people we're bringing here. We've had tons of problems with them going AWOL. Bringing them here for military training. Are you kidding me? But this is the biggest lesson we failed to learn. Man, I'm so pissed off. Which reminds me. I really should have a sip of wine in front of me to calm me down. One of the best ways, healthiest ways is to go to conservativewine.com and get the best red wine ever made up at 9,000 feet in the Andes Mountains. They contain up to 10 times levels of longevity and heart health nutrient called resveratrol. Resveratrol is powerful stuff. It pops up again and again in studies, um, much more so than anything we're doing on COVID. They have 90% less sugar, fewer chemicals, fewer additives. Plus, if you love steak and barbecue, Red wine has been shown to actually make red meat healthier. Red wine, red meat, red, white, and blue. Uh, tastes great. Uh, go to conservativewine.com, giving you 50% off of their best Malbecs. You can also get 50% off shipping. It makes a great gift for yourself and a friend. Again, go to conservativewine.com today. Conservativewine.com today. So I'm going to take my vir- virtual drink of wine today just to calm down. But again, this is the lesson they failed to learn. They fail to learn that. And by the way, the lesson of Afghanistan is very potent to what I want to do here in America. I always say how if you have the local populace along with the local elected officials in unison against a policy, it is extremely difficult to force your way upon them. Even without, I mean you know this is we're talking about without a military we're going to have guerrilla warfare against you and the democrats have shown this i mean we have all these blue counties and red states saying screw you defying state laws and pushing mass on children how much more so could we do this in red counties within red states but we don't do it i, I was thinking you know again i live outside of baltimore very different area this was rural North Central, kind of Northwest Pennsylvania, just out of the Pennsylvania Wilds area. And I saw all these signs for Trump and signs, you know, conservative type of signs. And I was thinking, you know what? If all the people there would, would get together and elect good local officials, not these phony Republicans that you have in rural areas, there's not much you can do to force your way on that populace. Just as an aside, it's a very important lesson from Afghanistan. But this, the reason why we've failed to lose, to win wars um, after World War II, and we saw this in to a certain extent in the Korean War, to a large extent in the Vietnam War, is because we try to own places and occupy them and build them up when the people don't want us. See, what we should have done right away in Afghanistan is just retaliate try out, test our best weapons there, blow the hell out of some of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda there, and leave. Instead, we own their dumpster fire. That was our big mistake. I'll never forget when we were bragging about, you know, how the, you know, two, two A-teams of Green Berets, you know, took Kabul in, in a few days, what, what the Soviet Union failed in a decade. Well, then we failed in two decades. And the reason was we could easily kick them out give pain to the Taliban. But then when we own it, guess what they're going to do? They're going to come back and do the guerrilla warfare against us. You always needed the people. And the people there were the problem. They are the problem. Let them own it. I'm sick of it like we didn't do enough for them. See, in World War II, at the end of the day, you had a civilized population in Europe that we beat them into submission. They were done with it. And then obviously you had the threat of communism, so then they kind of even joined with us. But in Japan, we almost reached that crisis moment. In the end, the nuclear weapons finally changed their mind. But we were scared we would have this. Remember, you know, um, in Iwo Jima, Okinawa, we literally fought to the last man. We had to kill every person. I always say the only way you could solve Afghanistan is basically kill every last person. The people are the problem. You could easily defeat their infrastructure, their military components, whatever they have, which never threatens us. To worry about Afghanistan in the face of China is utterly insane. You look at these mud hut munchkins, they're dressed in that stuff, like, they they can't threaten us. They only threaten us because we put assets there, so now we have assets in peril. We should have taken them out. And again, obviously, Biden, leave it to the Biden administration to do it in the worst way. But, but my colleagues in conservative radio, Republican elected officials, they, they push for stay the course for too long. So now we have a terrible pullout. But I explained that we should have kept Bagram Air Base, and that's where we should have done a pullout from. We did an entire show on that at the time. Just Google Daniel Horowitz podcast, Jaron Jackson, and... You'll see we actually pushed it when it would have mattered, when Trump was president. But this is what Republicans and conservative talk is all about. Cheap, ephemeral talking points. Look, the images are terrible. He looks bad. Kick him while he's down. I don't mind it. But the problem is if it's going to lead to us engaging more in Afghanistan, but more importantly, it's leading to all these Republican politicians say, oh my gosh, we got to accept them, even Trump. Trump does this all the time. He looks at the media narrative, and rather than fighting it, he joins it. Oh, we need vaccines. I saved a million people with lockdowns. So now he's like, we need to let all these people in the country. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We now have governors, and I'm probably missing some. But governors from states like South Carolina, Georgia, Nebraska, Oklahoma... Utah, and then certainly Maryland and Massachusetts, all pushing for a refugee resettlement. 100,000 already wasn't enough. They want to bring in at least another 100,000. And again, these are the people where, oh, they helped us. Oh, yeah, they helped us all right in Afghanistan. That's why it failed. This is exactly what we're doing on covid Banning early treatment, banning the one thing that would work, and then do these painful voodoos. I actually did a show last March, early on, saying that COVID is our Afghanistan. It's funny how things come full circle. Meaning, when you pursue a fake, illusory policy that's a band-aid on a surgery, and you're too scared to pull the band-aid off, because it's going to look like you're getting blamed for you know, causing it, when really it wouldn't have mattered anyway... It's the same thing. Masks and lockdowns and vaccines all failed, and they know it. And we're going to talk about that. They've admitted that now since I've been away for a week. They've admitted that it's not just – we knew this shoe would drop. I was a month ahead of it. It's not just the cases, but even the protection against critical illness wanes early, which is why they're now up to every single person needs to get a booster after eight months, which is going to come with – and by the way, now they admit, oh, the myocarditis is a huge problem. What else are they not admitting? Like miscarriages and all sorts of terrible things that don't get reported. And now you have to assume that same level of risk for another booster that with it is going to come with an even shorter degree of efficacy now. And it's going to further force viral immune escape. But folks, this is the point of Afghanistan. Afghanistan. So now we're coming full circle. Oh, we have to fight them over there th- so they don't come over here. They only come over here if you bring them here. I always say complete that sentence. They fly, the, the Taliban will fly here on a magic carpet. They'll, they'll have an army or a navy or ICBMs. Well, Daniel, maybe they'll develop nuclear weapons. Or so then you come and you could bomb it. That we could easily do. You could strike and maneuver. But to hold their country for them, we can't do. It's time we learn that lesson. Look, I would love to go into Mexico even more. Mexico is right on our border. But Mexico is the same balkanized problem. You can't hold it. You have to draw a line and say anything that crosses that, we zap it. That's what works. We have the technology, we have the military to do that. A military cannot hold a country for people that don't want it to be held. Localism matters. Believe me, it does. And we need to learn that lesson politically in America. But you have all these Republicans and conservative talkers. It's almost like gay porn for them. They're obsessed with Afghanistan. It's like they can't conjure up righteous indignation when Americans are being forced they're losing their livelihoods to get a shot that doesn't work and causes harm. Half the people already even had the virus and the little protection it would offer. They don't need it and it makes it much worse for them. And yet, they're nowhere to be seen. They're stifling early treatments that could save lives. We're standing, we're, we're weeks away from this moving to the rest of the country, from the South. It's funny, LA, they now admit 30% are breakthrough. And the numbers keep going up. Notice there's no straight data. It's anecdotes. It's exactly as I told you. It's a big lie, the pandemic of, the, of the, the unvaccinated. It's a pandemic of the vaccinated that are screwing the unvaccinated by creating immune viral escape. And now there's evidence of ADE. Folks, I want you to listen to this clip from CDC Director Walensky. August 18th, two days ago, she gave a briefing. It's part of a broader clip. I'm going to play 40 seconds of it. Take a listen right here. And even though our vaccines are currently working well to prevent hospitalizations, we are seeing concerning evidence of waning vaccine effectiveness over time and against the Delta variant. Additionally, from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. Given evidence, we are concerned that the current strong protection against severe infection, hospitalization, and death could decrease in the months ahead, especially among those who are at higher risk or who were vaccinated earlier during the phases of our vaccination rollout. In the context of these concerns, we are planning for Americans to receive booster shots. Folks, did you hear that? She actually got up there. And said that the symptoms are worse. That wasn't my word. That was hers. That the symptoms are worse. Reports from Israel suggest increased risk of severe disease. Amongst those vaccinated early. So exactly as I told you. I said wait a minute. If it's wearing off. And it no longer protects against infection. Then it no longer protects against severe disease. Starts first with the immunocompromised. Israeli study shows you only get four and a half months on the clock for, for even some degree of protection against severe illness for people over 60 already. It's a lot of people. 4.5 months. Other people, maybe six, seven months. Who knows? Mind you, those are the type of people that by definition would have gotten the virus in the least amount of problems, even without the early treatment, certainly with it. And you're running the risk of of the myocarditis, and God knows what else for them. And then half of them already had it anyway, and they're being mandated. And I can't get this sense of urgency from Republicans. But this is the CDC director admitting now they're getting worse illness. Because the next step to not working at all is going negative. Because when the, um, the immunity wanes, the antibodies wane, you have antibody-dependent disease enhancement. And yet you have Republicans out there promoting a talking point that even the CDC director has moved on. They have admitted what I said a few weeks ago would have gotten banned on social media. That's Walensky's position now. That's Fauci's position. You need a booster because it doesn't work for anyone, even critical illness now. Now what are you going to do? Yet listen to Cindy Hyde-Smith, another senator I tried to defeat with Chris McDaniel and had no help from these same talk radio shows. And now we have in the the reddest state of Mississippi, this dirtbag. Take a listen to her.
1: I'm Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith encouraging everyone to help us end this pandemic. To do that, more Mississippians need to take advantage of the COVID-19 vaccines. They're safe, effective, and based on decades of research on mRNA technology, Mississippi's healthcare systems are overwhelmed with COVID cases, 98% of whom are unvaccinated. We Mississippians are fiercely loyal and protective of our own, so let's protect each other and protect ourselves. Talk to your doctor. Let's put this behind us.
0: Backs up, y'all. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 98% on vaccine. It's not true. Imagine if she would promote early treatment. By the way, before I lose my voice, Katie Jennings, our friend that put together, one of our listeners from Massachusetts, put together an early treatment packet. She has a website now, earlytreatmentreport.com. Earlytreatmentreport.com. Go, go, uh, you know, just view all the information there. It has everything you need to get in touch with doctors that are going to prescribe because this is going to hit everyone now they made the vaccine worse this is their afghanistan they made it worse they and then they come full circle the vaccine is literally afghanistan where we went over there when they couldn't affect us and then brought them here because we felt guilty and now feel even more guilty oh they helped us so we brought in more terrorists that's literally what the vaccines are not only did it make everything else worse, it made the actual problem of terrorism worse. In this case, made the virus worse. The analogy is perfect. Truly unbelievable. You know, I'm hearing <clears throat> there are so many terrible stories of denying treatment to people. Violating the Nuremberg Code. People that they think are unvaccinated being treated horribly. What's going on in our hospitals is terrible. Do you know? Um, uh, an ICU doctor told me she prescribes five thousand IU's of vitamin D when they're in the hospital, which is nothing that that you should be taking outside the hospital. A, a healthy person. She has had her orders been overruled and she, and they've been reduced to one thousand. That is genocide. And again, if you didn't hear Friday's show with Dr. Dan Stocks, unbelievable uh briefing he gave us that there's something called 25 hydroxy that is the active vitamin d you can't get anywhere the government's not making it available they're banning it see not obviously we've learned that i mean if you look at my friday column which because i was out this week it's not too long ago it's like the second to last column I wrote a column on vitamin D and pretty much if you get your levels over 40, 50, you're not going to have a problem from this. You get it higher than that, it's almost impossible to even get the virus. But obviously that takes a while. And certainly, you know, I was thinking like, what do you do in nursing homes where they're all vaccinated and they think they're protected and the ones that didn't get the virus yet are in for a terrible tragedy when, when the virus hits? We're already seeing this in nursing homes everywhere. So... Um, we're seeing this everywhere this is the solution active 25-hydroxy that is active vitamin D it doesn't have to go through your your liver it bypasses it it takes a long time also immunocompromised people that's the whole problem they can't their body their their liver is not going to deliver the goods they have absorption issues so this gets it right in So the big discovery we made, and I'm I'm frantically trying to get a hold of any policymaker who will listen to me in red states, this is even a bigger deal than ivermectin or fluvoxamine or fomotidine or anything. The cytokine storm that you get, the inflammatory response, is all a result of immune dysregulation, which is the result of not enough vitamin D in your system. If you're already low and you get hit with COVID, what do you do? Taking some D3, I mean, certainly advise it, but you can't rely on that to save you at that moment. You're you're gonna need a lot of the other early treatments. This would literally shut it off. You get it right in their system and you could immediately get them up to 55 level. It's an unbelievable revelation from Dr. Stocks and it needs to be promoted and it's gonna be my crusade. But no word from conservatives, Imagine if they cared as much about COVID as they do in Afghanistan. Why, why is it? Do you understand why it gets their juices flowing? They'll never have this much passion on us living in our own Afghanistan here. Unbelievable. But let's get to where we are on COVID. Again, I can't do a whole week's worth in one day. We're going to have to gradually catch up. But I want you to take a listen to this clip. It's a TikTok video from a guy named Dwayne Dehat, or Dehate, D-E-H-A-T-E. This woman, Kelly B, posted it on Twitter, so I'm just getting it from there. Listen to this terribly tragic minute and a half from this guy, Dwayne, sitting in the hospital. Take a listen. As you guys know, I've got
1: uh, COVID for the second time. Been a year since I was diagnosed with it the first time. Got the Moderna shots. And now uh, uh, after Moderna shots, I got the blood clots. Now I got COVID for a second time. They're leaning towards the Delta variant. Um, now they put me on oxygen. Uh, I had some CT scans done on my uh, organs and stuff. And come to find out there's some cysts on my kidneys and cysts going up down my spine, getting, getting ready to get an MRI done. and not sure what's causing all that. Got some lesions going on back there too. Uh, Again, uh, please pass this around. All I'm looking for is prayers, you guys. I need you guys. Uh, I'm scared, thank you. I know everybody's you know, on one side of the vaccine, everybody's on the other side of the vaccine, and, and I admit, I think I did mess up. You know, and I, like I said, I wish I would've never, I wish I would've never done it. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not trying to give a sob story, and I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of hate, and, and people saying dumb shit about me, me doing this, but you know what? The people that are telling me to do this, I think they really care. And uh, I'm, th- I'm thankful for you guys, you know, for – uh, and I'm taking your lead in this, you know. And uh, it's going to be a long journey for me, and I'm going to keep posting stuff, and, and I'm going to do the best that I can do, and hopefully hopefully things work out, you know. The biggest thing for me is uh, how you guys are sharing everything, and you're praying for me you give me my prayers. and uh, Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Folks, the – As I said before, two people could play the same game. They have all these guys saying they're unvaccinated. Oh, I wish I would have gotten it. Here's a guy that got both shots, suffered the blood clots from the shot, then got COVID and now is a serious case of it and is on oxygen in the hospital getting terrible care, I'm sure. He got the Moderna shot. Now he has cysts and lesions on his kidneys and spine. And sadly, the one thing they'll never say is what he didn't get was ivermectin. This is unbelievable what is going on here. All, and all they'll talk about is Afghanistan. And again, there's a lot to talk about Afghanistan. But we're learning the, 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 the wrong lessons, both from a terrorism and immigration level and also bringing it more metaphorically to COVID. They're never there when we need them. Then again, Fox News is now demanding that people disclose their vaccination status fox employees just like we saw at the washington examiner i'm hearing cumulus which you know syndicates a lot of the conservative radio show hosts they're, they're they have a vaccine mandate interesting this is a place where is this so this is from six days ago but this is happening every, everywhere port orchard One person has died. A total of 32 residents and workers at the Washington Veterans Home at Retzel have been diagnosed with COVID according to the Washington State Department of Veterans Affairs. So Port Orchard, Washington State. And it turns out the veterans in this senior care facility, 97% are vaccinated. Only 52% of the staff is vaccinated. Yet, interestingly enough, Interestingly enough, 11% of the residents tested positive, even though 97% got it. Just 2% of the mostly unvaccinated staff tested positive. So again, two could play this game. And again, th- this is not me. The government is admitting, if you are in a nursing home thinking, oh, we vaccinated all the nursing homes, we're safe. No, you're not. Now, a lot of them got it already, so that's why it's not worse than, it, than we're seeing. But among the ones who didn't, they're screwed. Now, another interesting story you'll never hear. Oh, this conservative politician got COVID and he was unvaccinated. Do you know in Israel, there's a man named Kariv Gilad. He's a member of their parliament. And he is the chairman of the Constitution Law and Justice Committee in the parliament. He is the guy that is pushing the segregation, the Fourth Reich, Unfortunately, in the only Jewish state in the world of people that aren't vaccinated. And we already know that almost all the cases are from vaccinated people. We already know it doesn't work after four and a half months there. 600 patients in severe condition. They have a worse scenario than they've almost ever had. He always wears a mask. And his message right before he got it was get vaccinated and take care of yourself. He's a vaccine Nazi. He's a mass Nazi. And again... I'm not doing I don't like dumping on people critically ill, but he's on a ventilator now from COVID. Double vaxxed, always wears a mask. And I don't I don't like I'm not doing what the other side does. He he deserves the greatest of care. I wouldn't deny him ivermectin, just like these people are trying to deny oxygen of people that didn't get the vaccine. But but I I'm not trying to make fun out of this person. I'm only doing it because the, they're doing all these stories to give you a one-sided picture. The answer is everyone deserves compassion. The virus is of nobody's fault and it's of nobody's ability to get rid of it through like non-natural you know, ways of holding up a cloth and somehow running from it. The only way is to prophylax an early treatment. Boost your vitamin D, boost your zinc, boost your vitamin C, uh, selenium, vitamin B6, B12. Iron, and have on ready ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine too when it's very early, and then have doctors prescribe fluvoxamine and so many other things, Celebrex. There's androgen blockers that 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 are working well, but you don't even need to get into that if you do this. You know, you look at um. Israel, there's an article out in Science Mag, a grim warning from Israel. There are so many breakthrough infections that they dominate, and most of the hospitalized patients are actually vaccinated, says Uri Shalit, a bioinformat- bioinformatician at the Israel Institute of Technology. Okay, I mean, this is right there in the open. Right there. Uttar Pradesh, this is the province, the state in India, that used ivermectin, but they didn't use it from day, they used it after they already had their wave, 230 million people in that one state, so it's almost as large as America, only 6.7% are fully vaccinated, they had 17 new cases yesterday out of 200,000 tests, talk about a positivity rate of almost zero, they take ivermectin, You would actually be following the science to demand people get a blood test and get their vitamin D levels over 30, 35 and take ivermectin based on their own words about the vaccine. And here we have a legal emergency in this country where lives are all my friends. I mean, how many people have a family between the husband and wife and the Teenage kids where you can go to school, you can have a job. I mean, I'm lucky enough the way I live. There's very few people like that. I thank God every day that I'm employed by the Blaze, and they give me this platform, and, you know, I just want you to know in case, you know, because there's a diverse set of voices at any, um, <clears throat> any uh, platform. The management here is fully, fully proud and supportive of, of my work. I've never been censored, not a single time. And I'm proud I could I can earn a living, a you know, modest living, but earn it to support my family and not be forced into this garbage and try to try to help other people, and that's what I want to do. But you understand, there is in JAMA, this is the Journal of American Medical Association, a study published, and there's tons of these. Prior SARS-CoV-2 exposure was associated with 4.4 times the increased odds of clinically significant symptoms from the vaccination after controlling for vaccine type age and sex, both Pfizer and Moderna. So you're taking someone who is vaccinated, someone who has prior infection, that has much greater, broader, durable, long-lasting immunity than from the vaccine. And not only do they have to incur the same risks as everyone else, which are dramatically understated, but they have a much, much greater risk than anyone else. 4.4 times greater. Truly, truly disgusting. Truly disgusting. There's another study out. um, This is in the American Academy of Pediatrics. Okay, It's published in their journal. Um, these researchers were from all over the place Yale, Children's Hospital in Westchester, um, Colorado Children's Hospital in Colorado, all sorts of American children's hospitals. Okay. Uh, th- this is a, an establishment study in the American Journal of Pediatrics. Okay. They tested myocarditis on kids. Now, it was a small sample, but this is a very broad study. And the results are jarring. 63 patients, the mean age was 15.6 years. Most of them were male. So teenage boys, they received the mRNA. Um, 14% had mild left ventricular uh, dysfunction, which resolved on discharge. 88% met the diagnostic cardiac cardiac magnetic um, resonance, CMR, <clears throat> Myocardial injury was more prevalent in comparison um, to other patients. None of the patients required entropic, mechanical, or circulatory support. So they're trying to say, oh, it's not a big deal. But they concluded clinical characteristics and early outcomes are similar between the different pediatric age groups. There is evidence of myocardial inflammation and injury following mRNA COVID vaccine. The hospital, course, is mild with quick clinical recovery. This is something they would pull from the market, much less not mandated. It. Yeah, it's a problem. Now their new line is, yeah, they kind of recover from it. Really? You're taking young, healthy hearts and damaging them? Like, yeah, it repairs itself. You you could you could promise them that? They're not gonna have lifelong concerns from it. Man, am I pissed off. Well, folks, our final sponsor today is Patriot Academy. I've been promoting the constitutional defense course for a long time. I'm going to be in Pahrump, Nevada for the greatest firearms and constitution training ever put together at Frontsight Firearms Training Institute. Uh, it, it, if you go to constitutioncoach.com, you'll find all different, uh, different dates, uh, late September, late October, late November, and December. I'm going to be at the one in late October at a minimum, but time is coming up quickly. The summer has flown by. The weather is going to get cooler there. Um, You'll be amazed at how much you'll learn about the Constitution Liberty while also improving your defensive handgun skills. Even if you know nothing about handguns, you will come out shooting from the holster, comfort in carrying, taking headshots, clearing malfunctions. It is a lot of fun. You get 90% off their training. Again, constitutioncoach.com. Register today. Also, while you're at it, check out the details for their Patriot Academy fundraiser. With special guest speaker, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert being held at Fort Worth, Texas on Constitution Day, September 17th. Again, go to constitutioncoach.com for more. Folks, you know, I forgot to mention while this is all going on, do you know that there have been zero COVID deaths in Sweden for a month? Zero COVID deaths in Sweden for a month. Now, they don't have like India's vaccination rate. They are up at like 40%, but, you know, they're not up at 60 like the other countries. There is zero correlation. Just like Afghanistan. We did that all for nothing, but worse than nothing, what we did caused us to take in another 100,000 Afghani refugees, and now God knows how many more they're going to bring in. Same thing here. This vaccination made the virus qualitatively and quantitatively worse. And the one thing that works, just like with terrorism... Visa immigration. Let me end with this, folks. I'm, I'm almost out of time and out of voice. Let me end with this. I've I've cited it before, but not for a while. So we have we we have tons of new listeners that never heard this before. The 9/11 Commission they created a staff report on travel and terrorism in 2004. Think about how ominous this was seventeen years ago, this warning, this warning. And um, you know it's truly truly unbelievable how ominous this is. And I'm just trying to look here to find here it is, just just looking in my notes. It is perhaps obvious to state that terrorists cannot plan and carry out attacks in the United States if they are unable to enter the country. Yet prior to September 11th, while there were efforts to enhance border security, no agency of the U.S. government thought of border security as a tool in the counterterrorism arsenal. Indeed, even after 19 hijackers demonstrated the relative ease of obtaining a U.S. visa and gaining admission into the United States, border security still is not considered a cornerstone Of national security policy and they go on to say here's why we think it ought to be 17 years ago over 2 million fewer muslim immigrants that we let into this country all unvetted think about that indeed our response to 9-11 was actually very similar to our response to covid we had all the pain from all the voodoo and counterproductive things we did, collateral damage, but it also harmed us on the central thing we were trying to fight, which was not letting them in the country, we let them in the country, double, triple, same thing with COVID. The one thing we could have done was treat it, warn people about treatment and prophylaxis. Instead, we killed people with, with lockdowns, pained their lives with masks, destroyed the lives of children, mental health, physical health, drug overdoses, Then we vaccinated at a terrible cost with a novel spike protein that just destroyed everyone. Destroyed everyone. I mean, you heard that clip from this Republican senator from the South. This technology has been around for decades. She's a liar. It's not the mRNA that's the issue. It's It's the payload, not the delivery system. It's the spike protein, you idiot. Dumb Teletubby Muppet. Yet the Republicans and so-called conservatives are selling us out on COVID just like they're selling us out on Afghanistan. Folks, Till next week, that's just the way it is. Good to be back again. Send this show to 50, 100 of your friends, relatives. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Help support our sponsors. Again, I I cannot implore you enough to go to earlytreatmentreport.com from one of our amazing listeners. You, if you haven't gotten the virus, you have to assume, assume you're going to get it now, especially because of ADE promoted by the vaccine itself. That's the that's the mass Islamic refugee immigration equivalent of COVID policy. So protect yourself. Put your faith in God. Keep your eyes open. Stay informed. Till next week, God bless you all. And thank you for listening.